podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Jonathan Pierce. Eric Cantona has jumped in and scissor kung fu kick a fan. Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And... Friends. <laughs> JP. The mad side of genius. And T. Good to meet you, love. The football friendly. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of JP and T, the football friendly. Thanks very much for joining us. Terry, how are you doing, mate? Welcome I'm very, very well. Um, the weekend was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, Mr. Potter going back to his, to his club and karma right there for the thumping. Yeah, he was very upset, I think, by the treatment he got, the booing he got. He, oh, he shouldn't have got that. He left Brighton in a very good place. Uh, he, he got them playing really good football. I see a lot of them, as you know, and uh, a lot of Brighton friends of mine uh, and season ticket holders contacted me over the weekend and said how disappointed they were that he was booed. But uh, Brighton were fantastic on the day. I'll tell you what, let's bring in straight away our special <laughs> oh, yeah. guest today. Perfect uh, timing. Ma- Ma- Matthew Upson, thank you ever so much for joining us. Can't believe you we got are him. welcome. It's an absolute Super- pleasure to be here. Superstardom, he's brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's here to talk about, in the build-up to Qatar, the 2010 World Cup in which he played for England, of course, but um, people forget when they talk about Matt being at Arsenal and West Ham and so on, he went down mm. to Brighton. Um, oh, you were there a season, weren't you? Matt, you were player of the year, yeah. weren't you? I had uh, about 18 months down there. I went on loan uh, for the end of the first season from Stoke and then I signed on a permanent for a year and was really sad to leave, actually. Um, would have been more, more than happy to have stayed and seen out. I loved it. Great club, good people, really nice. You, you went on to Leicester, didn't you, after that? I went on to have an opportunity to go back to the Premier League and Leicester had just got promoted and it was just too big an opportunity at 35 to turn down. It's quite right. unusual to then go back up once you mm-hmm. kind of make that step to the championship. Um and it was a tough decision because Brighton was great. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, it's we, a great we, place we've spoken yeah. often up on the gantry there, haven't we, about the way yeah. Brighton play football? Were you surprised that the reaction Potter got from the fans? Um, I, I was. I think that there was so much hype around the game, and I think it's easy for for supporters to to really get involved in that and get carried away, maybe with a little bit of of, of how they treated him. I think. Him as him as a sole person, I'm sure deep down they only have respect for what he did at that football club. Um, you know what it's like when you leave, and obviously a few other people have followed, which I think maybe adds to the that that feeling of the supporters that that it, it's a negative one. Whereas really, I think you know we should be wishing him all the best. You'd always you always feel that as, as a fan, though, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, being a fan, you, you if you, you your manager that's done so well for you, yeah. then turns around and goes, oh, we're going to basically go to the more. Ex- 
better paying rivals, should we say, in a, to a degree. Yeah. It's only up the road in a way, isn't it, for Brighton? That It's Palace, Chelsea and I suppose Brentford are the sort of rivals to them and then he's going to come back and get it. Of course he is. But that's just fans being fans. I don't. It's think football. It yeah, of course he it is. It's football. And yet you have to accept it. Sorry, have you ever given stick to the great, 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 great South End managers who've left South End? <laughs> no, no, but I, t- I tell you what, I do remember once being at a South End match when Ron Nose was there, bless him, when he was alive. And uh, I remember a fan, because South End, if you can imagine, you can sit in the director's box and watch the game as a manager, and then you can make your way down and across towards the fans and then down into the dugouts. I'm sure you've been there, Matt, and you know. Yeah. And uh, Ron Nodes. That's when he was like leaving everyone at that point and leaving them in, in the in the shit, so we say. And he he had these like aviators on, right? And he went across to the to towards where the fans were, and someone went, "Oi, Ron, who are you going to leave next?" And he sort of dropped his glasses down and went, "I left your wife this morning." <laughs> <laughs> and then put them back on. It was like, woo, 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 wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so I, I haven't, but that's a stick I've heard managers. Yeah, yeah. One more about the weekend before we go to this World Cup as we build up towards Qatar. Talking in the main about um, the ten World Cups I've been lucky enough to cover, um, Matt Arsenal. Every time people say they're not going to respond to Manchester City, they oh, do. It was another big win again. Unbelievable. It was convincing, wasn't it, as well? It oh, wasn't just, oh. uh, you know, Nottingham Forest, who've done a little bit let, uh, better of late, to be honest, and they're on, a, you know, gathering themselves together. But I thought attacking-wise, um, the, the, the Marley, for me, has just been outstanding this season. So is Saka. Um, yeah. You know, Jesus does a lot of the hard work and I think his goal ratio, Mikel Arteta has had to almost kind of refer to that, that what he brings to the team is so much more than than goals. And if the others can score around him, you know, it's, it's, it's a great combination. It's probably similar to what he did at Manchester City in a way, isn't mm-hmm. it? In terms of how he led led their line down the middle, so uh, they're, they're, they're looking good at the moment. Yeah, would he be more seen really to be fair to him as a forward rather than the striker, you know? As a working yeah. forward, isn't he? Than, than well, an out, an out, well, yeah. I know he's an out-and-out out striker, but what you're saying is goal ratio. Yeah, well, you ask any centre-forward, do they want to score more goals? They'll all say yes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how many goals you get. You ask hard and you want to score more goals, he'll say yes. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus wants to score more goals, but the work he does, it, I mean, it's infectious as well because mm. Martinelli's a different player out of possession since Gabriel Jesus has joined that football club. Yeah. He is shutting people down. He's tackling people. He's physical. He's brought so much more to to that side of the game. It makes Arsenal harder to play against. And mm. I don't know that sounds weird that a centre-forward's doing that, but it's important yeah, for the team. Pep, Pep Guardiola told me once he's the most deserving player in the Premier League, Gabriel Jesus. Mm. And I know, you know, circumstances made, they, they had to let him go because they knew they had Haaland coming in his opportunities to be scarce but that's praise indeed isn't it yeah right let's move on we've, we've had uh, Terry Butcher talking about 1990 and we had Razor Houghton talking about 94 and Graham Lasso talking about 98 Let, let's move forward uh, as we build towards Qatar you're going over there actually aren't you you're going to Qatar mate working for the radio over there in the telly yes yes going to be um, covering a few games so yeah that, that'd be good fun just just to ask the question JP so you go back to what what's the what's the first one you go back to 90 1990. And my first tournament was 1988, oh, and right. uh, it was the Euros. And uh, as we've said before on, on the podcast, I, I, I did. I travelled with England. I was with the players in the hotel in 1990. They weren't there in 1994, but we. I was very close to the Irish players there. 98 similarly covered England uh, in 2002 when I went to the BBC, uh, having covered every England game from 1987 onwards. <laughs> 
Wow. I've done one England game for the BBC in 20 years, and that was on the radio. On that, on that, <laughs> on that. 2009, the Confed Cup. This is something because you were supposed to be number one in the World Cup, weren't you? As commentators go, on that. I was. Sorry John, to John, interrupt. Yeah, no. Um, it's a very valid point, and um, John Motson was had come to the end. Uh, oh, John Motson! My goodness, <laughs> at the Euros, and uh, yes, um, within the BBC it was uh, sort of strongly uh, uh, tipped that I was going to be the new number one. There was a lot of speculation in the newspapers, and I went out to 2009 the Confed Cup in South Africa with Mark Bright, and I was the only one who went over there. And I had to do a series of features as well as the commentaries. I remember doing a feature on the Soweto riots, which was um, well received, and um, when the police turned the guns on the kids um, many years before, and I did a couple more features, um, did the draw in, uh, just before Christmas, the great story about the draw, actually, uh, we did we did the draw on the Friday, on the Saturday, it was Football Focus, and um, it was burning hot. Dan Walker was presenting, and we went up to this place on top of Lionhead Hill, which is um, just underneath um, Table Mountain, and it was, um, it was a little zoo. Uh, it was a refuge for inner-city kids. This, this fella owned it, and he had inner-city kids up there, and he had various animals, and was sitting waiting, and uh, he, I said to him, what... what up for me to do my piece you know and he said what animals have you got and I said uh, and, and uh, I said what animals have you got and he said uh, I've got this and that and this and that mainly snakes I am absolutely <laughs> dread fear <laughs> dread fear of snakes right Ditto. so I uh, said what, what snakes have you got he said we've got black mamba and oh. I think he said we've got the brown mamba and uh, we've got this and this and this and I, I, I said where are they and he said, um, Here we go. Right, there, right there behind you. <laughs> yeah. We were under a tree. And he went, well, the, the black mamba is just there, look. I've looked up. This snake is dangling out the tree. It's about six inches above my head. And I ran. Yeah. Oh, I don't blame you. I just ran. You didn't wear it around your neck, I've gone. Anyway, so that was the draw. That went very well. And then we've... Um, and then um, it didn't happen for me. Um um, they they went for Guy Mowbray as number one. Uh, I I I love Guy to bits. And, Guy Mowbray. Uh, I've got no problem. I had no problem with Guy um, because it wasn't his decision. I had a problem with the way it was done because I wasn't told. I oh. found out from the newspapers, mm. um, which was wrong and wrong and wrong again. And some people um, should acknowledge the fact that they were wrong about that. Anyway, I went mm. over there and. Um, I loved it. I loved the oh. World Cup. I was, but it meant I wasn't doing England, so I wasn't, I wasn't close to Matt because you, you, you went over and you stayed up country, didn't you? Where do you stayed in that? Um... We, we were Rustenburg. Yeah, what Rustenburg. was that like in the builder under 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 the manager, the um, yeah. Capello? Yeah, it, it was okay, and they're, they're a competitive bunch. These commentators, aren't they, Terry? It's not just the players fighting for yes. For, for positions yeah. and what have you. It's, it's all across the, the coverage. But um, we, we were up in uh, Rustenburg. It was quite remote, um, which was lovely. Well, I think when you first got there and you saw the, the natural habitat and I think, you know, behind us there were, there were roaming animals and giraffes and, and what have you. Um, lovely, beautiful complex, brand new. Um, so from the aspect of how good the facility was, absolutely spot on um that's, that's crazy that you go to a world cup and then you're you're surrounded by animals yeah. not not black members unfortunately no no, no <laughs> none of those falling out of trees but <laughs> it, it it was great and then 
after a while, as you can imagine, being it's quite remote. So when you need to mix up that downtime, I think this wasn't spoken about at the time. It was hard to find something to do if you wanted to just escape right. from that bubble. Because yeah. when you're on those in those situations, it's a bit of a bubble. And there's there's a media tent at the end of the drive where every day, you know, there would be press conferences, what have you, training pictures were there. Everything you were catered for brilliantly. You can't, you know, can't complain. But it's just sometimes you need that little break to get away. Just just on that oh, sorry, JP, just while we're on about media tents. What? Because this is always something that's. Oh, by the way, I didn't like this World Cup uh, for various reasons, but mainly those trumpets. Oh my god! <laughs> the I sailors. Hate, yeah, I hate those things so much. Uh, yeah. but I've I've still got a couple, you know. Oh, of course you have. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of bringing some home and giving them to the to the kids. Oh to like run no, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. Um, but the thing that say or not say, but the thing that I think a lot of people want to know is what ha- what was the John Terry thing with Capella. What what happened there? Um, well, to to my recollection, um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because you you might not have more uh, detail on this than me in terms of the the official side of it. I I felt that we got to a stage where things weren't going well, and that was apparent. And mm. then because the captaincy had changed, hadn't it? That's right. Due to yeah, forgot about that. Other yeah. reasons. So yeah. JT lost the captaincy. He, he stripped him of that, didn't he? For 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 off off the field situations, and then Stevie Stevie was the captain. And then I think he might have undermined him a little bit by doing a press conference and saying certain things. From what I could gather, that's right. He came out and just did his own press conference. Correct. I remember John Correct. Terry, and then it all went boom, didn't it? And and then obviously from then on, there's always going to be a fallout. A probably between the captain and JT, Stephen Gerrard at the time, and obviously the manager. And it, and it, I mean, what game was that? Was that prior to the, I can't remember when in the tournament that was. What after, between what matches was that? Can you remember, Jonathan? No, it was because I wasn't with England. So yeah, it's, I, it, I, I missed all of this. I think it came yeah. after, it might have come after the 1-1, you know, it might have come. The Algeria I, I, game. It might, it might have. And, um, I I just remember it was all a bit weird. It was like, what's John yeah. Terry doing on the screen? And then, it, then it must have affected all of you as well, yeah. because it div- divides surely. Yeah, but it, it, I think he'd done that because it was heading that direction, and it was it was so strange because our our qualification period from the moment Fabio Capello came into to the job, he really shook it up. And he freshened it up. And he, from my perspective, I was a player on the fringe. So I wasn't, a, you know, an England squad got announced it prior to Capello's reign. I was either talked about or on the fringe, might have been in it. And then I just probably had about two years of not being selected. Mm. He came in, kind of wiped the slate clean. And right, I'm going to go and watch a load of games. He was always at matches and he picked players, some different players, some the same, obviously, that were mm. established and were at top clubs and were top performers. And... That was a breath of fresh air to me. You had to train every day. If you didn't train, you didn't play. Um, we were doing double sessions. We were training in the morning, then going for an 11 11 uh, game at five o'clock in sometimes with shin pads on. And it was competitive and it was, it, it was, I loved it. I thought it was, it was great. And he brought that to the team. Um, and the qualification cap, uh, campaign couldn't have gone much better. I think we lost one game away in Ukraine uh, where we had a sending off. It was a difficult game. Um, that was the only blot on the on it on, on on all the matches, and 
I had the privilege of probably playing or starting 50% of them uh, due to John Terry or Rio being injured or or out at a certain times. So I was next in line and I was I was really enjoying that, those both those two seasons. Well, there was no Rio for this, but there was Ledley King, there was Jamie Carragher, there was John Terry. Well, so Rio got injured, didn't he, in the first yeah. training session. So he was selected mm. and he was the, him and JT were the, yeah. the start, got injured in the first training session. So... Let's go back to that to that opening game. My, my opening game, I actually watched, but it was in at Soccer City, Johannesburg, the venue of the final in the end. South Africa against Mexico. Shabalala scored for South Africa, and it was just a privilege to be there because mm. the whole world went yeah. crazy. It was wonderful. I guess you were watching that up at, yes. up at the hotel. And then, of course, um, my ne- my first game was Argentina won. Uh, Nigeria nil. Gabriel Ainsa got that goal. We were staying at a place called Cladi Lodge in Johannesburg. Johannesburg has these areas that are virtually no go. That's right. This was to the south wow. of the city. Um, we were. We, it was a lodge. It was behind. You know, it was gated, um, and they they had a they had a trust bar. Um, in this place, and um, so it was, here we go. It was done Terry laughing straight away. Yeah. Here he always ends up being absolutely. <laughs> listen, listen. So we we we've laid straight into this bang, 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 and it was only after about a week and a half of going in and out of this place that we realised they had a camera on it, a video video camera. Oh, no. So all our hopes of getting freebies had gone. Anyway, it just scores the goal. We went back not to Tulani. We stopped at a little sort of steak restaurant to watch. England against the USA. Mm. You were watching from the bench there, weren't you? Matt? Yeah. And and um, Stephen gets us off to a, a good start after four minutes. Now tell us a Rob Green story because yeah. Rob didn't know he was playing, did he? Until very very late. No. Um, and and I, and I I experienced that during the tournament as well. So fr- from my perspective, I, I was on the bench. I had gone from in the qualifying came third choice, fifth choice because he brought uh, Fabio Capello brought Jamie Carragher and Ledley uh, King out of retirement from international football and they came to the tournament. Um, so I, I was um, on the bench, but kind of fifth in line at that point. And, and Rob who had been playing and it was, it was quite touch and go between him and David James at the time, but Greeny had had the Jersey in the build up, and he was right kind of okay it wasn't a hundred percent confirmed but I, I i think you you know you looked at it and said he was going to go with rob so he got he got the nod and obviously made made the mistake didn't he which mm. just wanted him from then on because he, he dropped in for the following game didn't he which which it, was it, it, horrendous horrendous because for me i, I love rob green. robert green I think Rob Green is one of the best, and I love him. Yeah. I told him in a restaurant once, and then I also mentioned the howler, which to point, his wife just went. <laughs> <laughs> but I was being nice, saying, you know, it, it's just complete nonsense. It happened also to um, the other goalkeeper, Scott. Scott, what's he called? Scott, Scott Carson. Carson. Happened yeah. to him as well, didn't? It? Completely yeah. ruined him. In fact, it, it's the brutality of that position as well. Yes, and I think that every goalkeeper will, will tell you that the same that, that your margin of error for the, a mistake on a big on a big stage. It's very difficult to, you know, we, we've seen loads of goalkeepers. When you think of Carrius in, 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 in Champions League final, and all, you can list loads of, of those big mistakes in big games. And it it was difficult because I, I remember the con- being in after a stretching uh, session the night, the day before the next game, when Capello pulled Rob one side and told him, 
And I remember speaking to him straight after, and it was uh, honestly, it was awful. Really, it was awful. It's bit, just terrific for him. I mean, to yeah. be told, to be told, literally, as you're coming off the bus that you're playing, I, he had no time to prepare for. Why, that. why didn't they? Why didn't he make? Was he sitting on the bus then thinking, right, what goalkeeper am I going to go with? Did he leave it that long, or was there was there something circumstantial that happened? No, he. he I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I have no clue. We used to go into the meeting room, and nine times out of ten, the the flip chart would be up, the sheet goes over. This is an hour and a half, hour or two hours, depending on how close we are to the stadium. Uh, flip chart would go over, the team's there. So you, you sit there and you scan it for a few seconds to see what, what's what. Um, and the same thing happened to me in the Germany game in the there's a choice between me and Jamie Carragher who was going to play. And uh, a friend of mine messaged me night before, didn't know, he'd tried both of it. We were the only real decision because the rest of the team was kind of done and put to bed in the team shape and he altered us in the team shape the day before so it was one of us was going to play um and again i didn't know somebody messaged me actually it's funny you said that jp that you got you found out in the papers that you weren't doing the game i found out by somebody messaging me saying good luck you know you're going to play before i knew that i was actually playing oh, wow. was out there well, so it'd been released somewhere and I went into the meeting room and I, and I was playing, but I didn't know that until just stepping on the coach, really. And it's obviously the biggest game of your life. Uh, it was of my life, anyway. Well, as I've said every week, I've said this every week we've done this, you know, when we're talking to great guys like yourself, you know, it's you did it from nine in the in the, in the the field with your mates, with the two jumpers, didn't you? Mm. You you were playing World yeah. Cup and you were playing for England and you were whoever you would have been at that time. I can't even think who you would have been at that time because um, I can't think. But, you know... You would have believed that you were playing for England, and then sure. you are playing for England. It's crazy. Yeah, so, absolutely. But so I think the, the the key to that is, and what you have to do, you have to plan and prepare like you are playing, even if you know you're you're not mm. really, because things happen. Yeah. So so prepare like you're going to start, and warm up like you're going to start. That's that's what I learned as I went on. I thought just go into a warm up like you're playing, not just kick a ball about, and then mm. you're on in two minutes time, and you haven't warmed up properly. Yeah. But that, that, that England game, the England-USA game, was live on ITV. They had six of the opening nine, nine live games on ITV, by the way. That sorted out during the draw. It's a very complicated business. Um, it swung back BBC's way later on. I, I, I as I say, had done the Argentina-Nigeria game in Johannesburg. The next day, we drove to Pretoria. It was just a drive. And uh, Asamoah Jan scored the goal against Serbia. Um, there was Kwadi Asamoah and Asamoah Jan. Um, in that in that team, which caused c- complications for my co-commentator, <laughs> but um, and then then uh, then we flew down. It was it was a, it was a World Cup, a lots of flying, yeah, um, and, and so on. We went down to Cape Town. Um, we had an apartment hotel in, in downtown Cape Town, which is very good. I loved Cape Town. I felt very relaxed there and never in any trouble, never threatened. The game I did was Italy one, Paraguay one, and um, De Rossi scored for Italy to equalise. They were struggling. A lot of the big names were struggling already in the World Cup. France, of course, had a nightmare World Cup. Yeah. Uh, the, the following day, um, we left and went to Durban. We had a wonderful um, sort of B&B hotel in Durban. It was lovely on the hill. Because I was watching Spain against Switzerland and Switzerland winning with a Jelson Fernandez goal. It was the it's the first time actually that a team's lost its opening game and gone on to win the World Cup. More of Spain later on. 
Um, and, and another team was emerging in, in Uruguay that same day, I seem to remember. Spain had a great team, you know, they had the bulk of the 2008 European Championship mm. winning team. And then the next day we flew again from Durban to Port Elizabeth. And what was the mood while all this was going on, uh, Matt, in the England camp ahead of the Algeria game, which was in Cape Town? Um, well, things hadn't gone well in the first game. And I think, you know, if, if you cast it back, I think we'd agree that there was a lot of expectation on that group of players, right? The qualifying campaign, the names that were in the team, the experience that the group had had was about right, wasn't it? Mm. You had top players in in kind of proper phase, top phases of their game in terms of maturity, like, like Terry, Gerard. Rooney, you know, Lampard, you, you can list them and you, you think there was a lot of expectation and we didn't perform well. There's, there's no doubt about that. But it was almost like something changed and the, the hard line that, that Fabio Capello had taken right from the off had softened before the tournament and things had happened, things had got compromised, you feel, a little bit. And it was a, it was a little bit it just wasn't together. It wasn't together. And I think if you're going to, he was quite a, he was a very firm manager that, that took no prisoners and he would pull the rug out from, from underneath you. If something wasn't right, if you weren't doing what you needed to be, be done. And if you know this like that all the time, you can kind of prepare for it and deal with it. And I quite liked it. I learned a lot from, from him, him as a coach, certainly on the, on the training pitch. Um, but then when that started to soften or get compromised, it just lost its way. Yeah. And it was almost like an unknown of what was going to happen. And I think that was more the mood, more than anything. People were getting a bit edgy. People were getting a bit frustrated. Like I'd already said, there wasn't that much to do. Mm. So when you needed that release, and he wasn't a manager that arranged a lot of social stuff, um, that, that there was none of that laid on really in terms of getting people together and having that mental break. And I think it all just became a bit of a, a pressure cooker. But then everyone had their own. You, you, you'll know this yourself, of course, being being under the microscope as a, as a professional footballer. But people like Wayne Rooney had from the dot start when he was not even playing as a pro. He was this young kid, you know. From that point, he was in the papers all the time. So mm -hmm. he he would have had his own battles going on. And yes. then, of course, what we spoke about earlier. Then you've got John Terry and Stephen Gerrard probably getting a little bit like that. And if Capello's not rounding this up and going, look, we're all together, then of course the wheels are going to fall off, right? It, it's, it's what you just said. There's pretty much how it how it felt, and and it wasn't. It, it was almost like that that wasn't catered for. And like I said, we had so much success with the fresh changes of Capello and how he led. And it was very hard. It was hard lines. You were five. If you were, you had to be five minutes early to every meeting. Otherwise you were late. The door was shut and you weren't coming in. Wow. You know, it was that type of mentality. And and then when that started to fall away, there wasn't that arm around getting people together and working on a lot of the things that I think Gareth Southgate has been exceptional at in terms of just creating that, that family type feel, especially in tournament situations. I think but, anyone knows that, though. Being a football fan of your, of your team, you know that, and being privy to teams, you know you know that when you, and you know this, Matt, when you're all together as mates, of course not everyone's going to get on, but there's that no. camaraderie, you get results. You definitely yeah. do. There's no doubt about it. I bet you've never been on a team where you all get on really well, all play really well and lose every week. I bet that's not happened in your career. No, no. Well, you, you never got you never go on a team where everyone gets on it. Correct. It's well, impossible. But, but you're right. If that if that's right, it carries you a long way. It almost allows the talent to do its thing. Hmm. 
And it, that, you can have all the talent in the world and not have that right, and it'll just fall apart. Correct. That, that game against Algeria, now, I have to go on here sake, I've never seen it. That, that, mm. that day, I'd done Germany against Serbia down in Port Elizabeth, um, uh, where we stayed at a little hotel, at, an expat ran it. It was a lovely little place, actually. Jovanovic had scored for Serbia. They'd beaten Germany. In, the, in my latter World Cups, I've been there for lots of German upsets where Germany have been beaten, where Germany have gone out uh, of tournaments mm. earlier. I mean, when, when they went out of the group stage for the first time ever in the World Cup, I was there. And I have to say, it has been sublimely enjoyable to see that, to be fair, to see Germany struggling so much. And I did that day. <laughs> I've loved every minute of it. Sorry, <laughs> German people uh, listening to the podcast, but I have to be honest and uh, I've loved it. But I didn't see the Algeria, but people have said to me, that was the first game, really, where it it became clear he was playing. Ger- he was he wasn't playing Gerard and Lampard to their strengths. And yeah. Wayne Rooney, who was going to be a star of World Cup 2010, was struggling. Matt. Yes, absolutely, and he was our star. There's yeah. n- there's no two ways about it. But it's it goes the- back to what I was saying, doesn't it? It goes back to about he's got that pressure. He's yeah. come in with a massive pressure, his own pressure. Absolutely, and 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 th- and things were difficult for him. I think, it's, and it's, again, the environment we were in didn't help that. No. You know, the, the amount of time you had thinking, uh, made, uh, the word isolation is too strong. It's, you know, you had your choices about you, you had to work hard to keep yourself in a position where you were active because it was such a quiet place. Mm-hmm. You know, it was peaceful and great for rest and recovery. But when you needed that little something it was difficult to find there's, and a, I think, there's only so many times you can go i'll have another swim yeah yeah or, or play table oh, tennis or, or go or, and look at that giraffe again yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they were conscious though matt weren't they they weren't going to let the wag situation reoccur like it no. happened in 2000 it was, it was it was a reaction to that partially wasn't it that yeah. isolation possibly possibly and i think you know you, you kind of had to make your own plans in terms of what family you you wanted to get over there and, and what have you. And it wasn't the easiest trip, was it, to organise in terms of travel and sec- safety and all the rest of it. It's not it's not the easiest uh, trip to plan. Um, but, uh, it, you know, going back to that to that game, there, there was there was a lot of uh, pressure and people weren't, just weren't performing. And, and you say you never watched it, JP. You, you're not missing out too much, mate, if you, to be honest. I don't think it's the type of game you're going to get and then, it was just such a, a, a poor match, really. When you yeah. came off after that game, you were all sitting in the dressing room, weren't you all looking at each other and arguing as well and going, what, what was that about? Yeah. There must have been some people throwing, throwing yeah. the boots against the wall. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, Wayne, had, uh, Wayne Rooney had a situation, didn't he, where he spoke, spoke to the camera after the game. Oh, yes. That got on top of him and he reacted and, and said some things um, in frustration. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and there, there were boos. there were booze in the stadium, I and mean, it was just, just a, it, it was not not a good evening. That's right. That's where we got Larry into the camera, didn't he? Correct. Because of the booing. Yes. Yeah. Correct. He, yeah. he reacted on that, and then they had to put. It just seemed to be a constant putting out of fires and and, yeah. and situations that during a World Cup uh, campaign is you just can't have that going no. on in in, in in the squad. Well, while you flew back north to to sort of lick your wounds and get ready for that final group game. The reason I didn't see the England Algeria match because we were flying again. We 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 were flying um, to to Durban and I, and I did Holland against Japan with my little team. Travel with a sound manager and you travel with a floor manager. So and a, and a co-commentator. So there's always three of you going together. And sometimes a co-commentator joins you later on there. Holland Who was against... co-commentating you with you on that, Jonathan? Uh, that, 
each game I can't remember. Uh, I remember being uh, uh, Mark Bright. Uh, uh, sorry, um, Martin Kieran was with me for some of them. Uh, Mick McCarthy was with me for one down in Durban, but um, I can't remember each game. Um, the Cocon, but that one, that game was won by Holland and a player called Wesley Snyder got the goal. He had a very good World Cup candidate yeah. for player mm. player of the World Cup. He was the player that when we used to do the press before the game, we, uh, before the tournaments, we used to have to come up with uh, who's going to win it, who's going to be player of the tournament, who's going to be young player of the tournament. I remember Crooksy at this this press conference, year after year after year, subsequent tournaments, used to go, young player of the year, yes, that'll be Wesley Schneider. And we'd all look at him and go, no, Garth, he's 42, mate. He can't be young player of the year. He's gone through every year for the last decade. Anyway, so Schneider gets the goal. And again, we flew straight away afterwards. Uh, it was a World Cup, a lot of travellers. So we went to Johannesburg um, and, and uh, Soccer City. I did Brazil beating the Ivory Coast by three goals when Didier Drogba scored that, that goal. But everyone, we were all, you know, trying to think what was going to happen in England's last game. I went on to Blomfontein, which I didn't like at all. It was a real throwback to um, pre-Mandela days. Um, you know, it was a very, mm. very, wh- uh, very white supremist city. And the game I did was France against South Africa. France were in a mess. They'd had a player walkout. Thierry Henry had two substitutes appearance in the whole of the World Cup. He played 53. How can you play 53 minutes of Thierry Henry only in a World Cup? And South Africa, of course, mm. won that. But they went out. They were the first nation, host nation ever to go out. But again, to be there, can you imagine it? Can you imagine yeah. it, boys, seeing South Africa beat France? It was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't yeah. stay in Bloemfontein, thank God. Um, we, we, we stayed at a, a lodge there. And I remember her coming in one day at the lodge and Garth was with us. And I remember the woman who weren't running this thing coming in and saying, is it all right if he sits at the same table with you? <laughs> You're joking. And, and we're going, what do you mean? If, if the black man sits at the same table with you. Wow. And we've looked up in utter disgust. But because it's Garth, of course, we all then turn around and go, actually, no, get him out. And uh, so, so... Yeah, for a so lot of yeah, but... But um, no, we couldn't get out of that place. It was a horrible place, yeah, and horrible God. people. And and but, um, am, am I right in saying it was one of the highest altitude? Yeah. The, pr- the previous year in the Confed Cup, mate, I'd gone there. Mark yeah. Wright came over with me. He, he wore shirt sleeves. And yeah. um, I think he had like a Hawaiian shirt on and a pair of shorts. And the temperature went from being, I don't know, sort of way up in the in the in this in the 70s fahrenheit it was winter there of course during the day and then it came to kickoff time we were minuses yeah so a pair of shorts on the one did you have your hawaiian shirt on as well <laughs> I'm, just, yeah, I'm just picturing that i'm just no, picturing it no it was one avocados of those, i was doing commentaries in those days in just a thong um... <laughs> ryan reynolds here from mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. 
BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at betterhelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Back to the World Cup uh, of 2010. We left to fly back to Johannesburg uh, and we were doing the later game. I was doing Ghana, Germany uh, against... Uh, at Soccer City. But the like, this is Wednesday the 23rd. This is Slovenia, England, in Port Elizabeth. Mm. And this was the entrance to the World Cup for Maps. And what did he feel? Yeah. Um, oh, it was bizarre. It, mm. was, it was just bizarre for me. It really was because I I, I hadn't played for... Well, I, I played a, a few minutes of... We played a friendly game against some team. I can't remember who it was. Like an all-star. It was a really weird game over there it was the only game we played while we were there we drove into the right into the outback miles into nowhere we played this game against group of players and i think i played about maybe half an hour 40 odd minutes of that match but prior to that i'd been involved in no games whatsoever because he'd brought in uh ledley and, and jamie Carragher, so they obviously had to have minutes with the group so i hadn't played probably for about a month and then i i was stepping in to to play the biggest game of my life um and and it was, yeah, it, it was quite difficult to to deal with in that aspect. And I remember being in the tunnel and having to. Somebody had told me to just like. Sometimes you don't know if you have tension in your body, so you kind of like just just really tighten up and then relax and just smile and allow it to just just do go and do your thing. Like you said, you've been doing this since you're nine years old. Yeah, yeah. It's just a game of football, and you have to just keep telling yourself that when you're in that situation where you're questioning certain things. So put that to one side, go and play. Um, it was a scruffy game. There was a lot on it, obviously. Um, I remember they had an opportunity to, they, ne- they nearly got an effort on goal. I had to make a tackle right in the last five minutes of the game. I think a ball dropped loose and it was right on the edge all the time. We won one nil, didn't we? Um, yes. Really just get the job done and get out, Jonathan, basically. And that's what I remember the most out of it. Was it just the game... Again, not flowing, us not performing well, not dominating, not creating enough. Um, and it was always going to be in the balance. But luckily, we we scraped through, really. Jermaine Defoe got the goal. He brought yes. him in, didn't he? Because he had yes, Miski right. and Rooney up front. That's and right. He brought Defoe in. He made that change. And, and we had... We had, we had issues there. It, it was kind of unknown who was going to play wide because, obviously, he was waiting for Gareth Barry. To, Gareth Barry had an injury, didn't he? So we brought him along. And he wasn't fit until... Oh, did he play in that game? I don't think he played yeah, he in that did. game. Yeah, no, he did. He, 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 did played play in, in he, he played in a previous one as well, but he missed the opener. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I remember him training. And, and again, he'd been out a lot, quite a long time with his ankle injury. And he brought a bit of balance to that midfield in terms of how he played. And he liked Gareth Barry, he sat in there. So where then Gerard and Lampard played, it, it was never really ironed out. And that's how it felt. You know, we, we just felt that we weren't quite sure about what we were doing. And then we changed, brought Defoe in. So that just showed you where we were at as a team. The kind of changes that were being made um, weren't that of a team that's, bit, that's playing well and knows what they're doing. And we're on that, we're on that clear path of what, what's going to happen. But you were through, weren't you? Yes. So- yeah, we qualified. We, we, we got, got through to the last 16 and job done in that aspect. But second in the group, right? Second yeah. in the group, which then gave us a, a, a difficult last 16 tie. 
which was going to be Germany because yeah. they they went into that that game that I did in, in at Soccer City. They came they went into that game second behind Ghana. They won it with a Mesut Özil goal, um, which meant that they were it was they a great goal that as well, in. wasn't it? If I remember rightly, yeah. Um, and, and that's that. So you knew who who you were going to play, um, and then and and teams Italy went out the following day. They they they, they went out bottom. They lost against Slovakia by three goals to two. New Zealand went out in that group unbeaten, unbelievably. Denmark went out the following day. You know there were shocks all round. Holland were gaining momentum. They won against Cameroon in Cape Town, a game I won. Uh, I, I watched on television as we were we were flying. It seemed like every day we were flying. We flew from Joburg to Durban. I did Portugal against Brazil, one of the games I'd really look forward to all of my mm. life to a game like that. Ronaldo, it wasn't a great World Cup for him. You know, it wasn't a great World Cup for Messi either. No. But um, Brazil, it was a nil-nil draw. It was dreadful. I remember we did. I did it with Mick McCarthy and um, we went to a restaurant the night before when we got, uh, when we got there uh, and uh, a waiter... Uh, was said a, uh, a really horrible remark to the. Uh, we had a we had a guy with us like a like a minder. He was black, and the waiter said something horrible. No, he was mixed race, I think. And the, the waiter said something horrible to him. Mick went off alarming. He wasn't having yeah. it. Mick. Yeah. He wasn't having language like that or behaviour like that. Oh, and made right. it very very clear. Good for Mick. Um, Spain went through. They won two one against. Chile and am, again, am I right in saying it was an average World Cup in terms of matches? No, or, or was it was it better than? I mean, uh, there's a lot of. I hated that World Cup. There's a lot of average honest. games, wasn't it? Was there? Just, I mean, it was just it, for it was me. That, that, Spain were emerging. Yeah. They like Vio scored that. Iniesta scored that. They still had Chevy. Yeah. They were they for me. You know they they were the team that was uh, that was yeah. emerging. As as um, you know, as we moved on, as we moved on to that, the big game. For England, which was uh, against Germany, shock. Um, it was in where was that game played? Was that game Blumfontein? Blumfontein. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I'd yeah. done I'd done Uruguay the, the day before against South Korea. I'd done Uruguay at all, and I'd done South Korea at all. And we just finished the game, the evening game, Chile against Spain. We got a phone call, so we had to drive to Port Elizabeth to do South Korea. The next day, I, they wanted me to kick off the the um, round of sixteen games. Well, I haven't done South Korea, and I'll, I'll tell you something now that I've never mentioned publicly. I got to that game not having finished my South Korea prep, and I got to that game in the first... It was a highlights game. In the first 10 minutes of that game, I was looking around trying to... Pick, who's he? Who's he? Who's he? Oh, who's no. he? I made up names. <laughs> I just made up names. Um, and, and, the, and, and, and the same as well for Uruguay. I'm making them up. I knew Suarez, of course. I, I knew... I knew uh, I knew Park, but I just made up. Anyway, someone very high up. It was a highlights game, and someone very high up at the BBC phoned me <laughs> the next day <laughs> and said, uh, "Thanks ever so much for doing that. I know it's trouble for you, but you know," he said, "That's the best commentary you've done at these World Cups." <laughs> <laughs> you make it up more often. I know. Well, I could, we we were then driving, Matt. Yeah. We thought we'd do the garden route and get to Cape Town in time to watch your game against Germany. Yeah. Um, because on the map, it looks about two miles, doesn't it? Mm. It's nice, about an eight, ten hour drive. So we had, we stopped at this one horse town um, and found a bar and there was a Belgian film crew in there. They went at the World Cup, but they were filming various things. We sat, started off in great high spirits, as you must have done. You know, what was that like going into Germany knockout uh, game? Yeah. Um, 
Well, first, like I say, the moment you said it was at Bloemfontein, you went, oh, crikey. And I think that that was uh, an interesting ground to play at. And we haven't really touched on the ball, have we? No. Because that, that was an I interesting... I wanted to come on to that. The Jubilee or whatever it was called. Yeah. The, the um, knuckleball, it moved like... It was a moving <laughs> ball, wasn't it? It was... Um, I mean, who thought to, to bring that ball into a World Cup at... In a, in a country that has the highest altitude, I think, out of any World Cup's ever been played. Am I right mm. in saying that? Or one of the Me- highest? Yeah, Mexico would have Mexico been higher. Mexico but... may be higher. But anyway, the design and the, 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 the all the spin around this ball was, was wonderful. Um, but to judge or play with at times, it was tricky. Really uh, tricky. Horrendous for keepers. Uh, probably Rob Green found out. Uh, it's green, and, and also... Goal kicks, the amount of times you'd set a line and you'd think, right, we've got this, and it would just sail two, three yards further than what it looked. Right. Because that judgment, especially as centre-back, when you're lining up for a goal kick, mm. you know it's going to come long or a clearance. You really, that initial judgment of where the flight of the ball is crucial, and you kind of get your position on that, and you always find yourself almost backpedalling all the time. Right, right. You don't get the same kind of purchase on head. It was, it was, it was a tricky ball at times, not in every situation, but there were just certain moments where it would just catch you out sometimes, um, depending on how it was struck as well. Like you say, it'd have that movement, wouldn't it? If you... Knuckleball. It would... Exactly. I think when people don't realise when they go, being a goalkeeper as I was, when they go, the ball moves, I think they think it sort of curves away. They don't realise it kind yeah. of hydroplanes. It kind of goes... Mm. Woo, 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 woo. And you hit it flat. There's it's, no spin on the ball. It's quite incredible. And it's flat. Oh, is it? this, yeah. this, this was the England team. James Johnson, um, Terry, Matt Upson, Ashley Cole, Milner... Barry, Lampard, Gerard, Defoe and Rooney. So it was, it was um, unchanged from the previous game. Their team that day, Neuer, Friedrich, Lahm, Mertesacker, Berten, Kadirish, Feinstein, Ozil. Closer, Podolsky was in there and, and Muller. You, you were saying, Terry yeah. had a very good, good team. Brilliant. I, I still thought we, we were watching from this bar in this weird little place. And, and, and yes, they've got names, but I didn't expect them to go two up closer and Podolsky getting the goal. What? What was what was that like, Matt? In those opening twenty minutes or so? Uh, awful. Mm. It was it was the, the toughest opening forty five minutes of football I think I'd ever been involved in by far. Why? Um, we were disjointed. Um, we were getting pulled about all over the place. They started very well. They had a game plan. We had Fabio Capello liked you to. He liked pressure from centre backs going all the way in, and. Because Ozil's a very clever player in, in, in how he, and he was playing just off of Closer. And he was trying to take us into those areas and leave that. So Closer was unbelievable at playing off the shoulder. Mm. He was quick. He was strong. And, and anything that he had half a yard of, if he got just that edge in front of you and he had the space, it was very difficult to you had, Was it the second goal? You had a battle with him, didn't you? And he I, just kind I, I of shrugged a, you I off. I made a mistake on the, on the second because I came, I didn't drop quick enough. The ball went shorter. JT pushed in with with Ozil and it left that huge space. Mm. The ball went over. He reacted a split second before me as striker. He anticipated. He just gambled remember, on it. I remember bringing his arm right up against you, across you. You, you, you were done. You're either yeah. taking him out for a red card, and then I think you're you're even even more bother, um, or you just try and lean on him to to hold yeah. him off. And he's he's a strong lad. Strong, yeah, finished strong. it well. Um, and that was 2-0 but we were getting I remember getting pulled into I didn't it was like we, shall I follow him there there was Muller was making runs in but their movement was top class don't get me wrong but we as a team 
weren't anywhere near cohesive enough to, mm. to cope with it. And, and, and you saw that when we did get foothold in the game and the weird, always the weirdest thing about this match is we should have gone in at half time at 2-2. No question in that. Yeah, we, it was, we got, uh, it's, we got it's so over the line. Okay? That I mean, we it's got ridiculous. completely wrong. And to go in at 2-2 at half time after playing like we played, mm. how are they did, just shows you how good our team was and how mm. we could have got something. I mean, obviously now the scoreline looks terrible and it was an awful game, but it was in the balance for quite some time even though how, how badly we, we played in that aspect. Yeah, you, but Lampard's you, you, goal was just, sorry, JP, just to put, but on, go on, come on to that for people that might not, God, I can't even talk. For people that can't <laughs> maybe remember, it was the famous Lampard goal that wasn't. But, it, I mean, it yeah. was a Marlin, wasn't it? It was just ridiculous. Hugely over the line, yeah. Did you all know at the time? Yeah. Yeah, and you could do nothing about it. Mm. And, and you had to reset. I mean, we, well, I remember talking about it for about two minutes at half time coming in and we were all and then all of a sudden I think it's like we've well, got to forget that's good. Yeah. that's gone that's on. gone we're two one down we're, we're actually in a good spot to be two one down given how we've just been pulled all over for the opening 25 minutes we, we were dragged everywhere because you'd um, scored you'd scored what was, what was uh, uh, memories uh, just yeah a bit of an out of body experience in some ways in terms of I don't score that many goals and it's the biggest game of my life and to score fantastic it was a great cross from Steven Gerrard and I got up high and Neuer had kind of come out. He came bit flying at you, if I remember, didn't he? The, the, the key was to just take the pace off the ball because if I if I had any pace on the ball, I'd have headed it over the bar. Mm. Um, and I had to just take my head away from it and just cushion it almost over the goalkeeper, um, which I which I did spot on. So mm. from that aspect, to my point of view, it was obviously personally a great achievement, something I've always dreamed of. Wonderful, as a kid, just to. What playing a World Cup, let alone scoring one. I also think that David James didn't have his best game in that game. I thought he was definitely sussy for two, personally. Right. I don't think he was great. That was only my opinion. But, anyway. but, but, but again, he he probably got put in about five one-on-one you know, situations. Yeah, true, he but there was two Saved two or three. And, and mm. so it was, as a as a team, we we weren't organised enough in how we were going to deal with We started poorly. We started really poorly in the game. But you're back in the game. You know, Kevin yeah. 2-2, what did he say then? Because you were being pulled all over the place. What did Fabio Capella tell you to do or try and fix that at half-time? No, I don't remember him saying that much, to be honest. And I think he, I think he looked at it and thought, we, we'd ironed ourselves out in the last 10 minutes of that half and we'd got ourselves back in the game. Like you say, I'd... I'd scored, we'd scored another goal with, with Frank shot that hit the bar and went in and we, it was disallowed. So we were coming in at 2-2, at, at we should have been, and we'd, we'd kind of steadied the ship. So even though you could, you could do a half-time analysis of that game and absolutely pull it to pieces, um, and, and I'm sure it was. But from his point of view, I think he looked at it as a manager and thought, we've got back in this game. We need to go back out there, have some confidence, play with the ball, get our line sorted in terms of how high we're going to play. If For me, going in with Ozil as a centre-back there, it's exactly what he wants you to do. You've sometimes just got to leave him. Let him go in there. Let him drop into that midfield, pass him on, keep your position. And I think we started to do that a lot, lot better. And as a back four, we had more understanding and more security in that sense. But we were chasing the game. We had to chase a goal. Um, and I think we, we very nearly scored again, didn't we, um, in the second half. 
before they got their third. Frank hit the bar, didn't he? That's right. Kick, yeah. That's right. Um, and we were applying pressure. We had corners. And it was, again, it was so very much in the balance. We were 2-1 down. We're chasing the game a little bit. And then we get hit open on, on a, a counter. On, the, on another free look. kick. On another yeah, free kick. Uh, yeah. yeah. Muller, it was Muller's second half, really, wasn't yeah, it? it was two goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, half-time, Jeff, I'd, I'd love to say there was this revelation at half-time of what... I, if, as far as I can recall, that didn't happen. We spoke a lot amongst ourselves, I will say. And we spoke a lot between player to player about where we needed to be and what we needed to do. Um, and I think we we came out with that opening 25 minutes the second half better. Gave ourselves an opportunity to score. Didn't happen. And and that was that. And it was hugely, hugely disappointing. Um, yeah. That takes you back maybe to what we were talking earlier about it being a bit fractured and a bit split between you and the lads and, of course, Capello. That's maybe why he probably just went quiet at that point, was thinking, well, you know, he might have been done with it in a way, going, you just sort it out. Yeah, I mean, he he said his piece, um, he said certain things, but it you can't really, ch- what that was, you can't change in a 15-minute halftime speech. It, it, it's like, for me, it it's messages and foundations that get laid in the months, this, right. the years, okay. building Fair up enough. to that yeah. and, and, and having that openness. And like you said, there'd been a lot of fractious things happen during that right. World Cup yeah. between the group, hadn't there? Yeah, yeah. so it's um, broken it. It's broken those wonderful uh, and, and foundations. It, that's, that's, for me, that's kind of how we played. Um, and, and we, yeah. yeah. Do, you feel, do you feel bitter? Um. I, I don't think bitter is the word. I remember coming. I remember going away on uh, coming back, and we went away for a week uh, with, with my family. We went away, and it took me quite a while to kind of be at ease with it and be at, um, be comfortable with it because it was it was something that on a per, again on a personal note, I'd been working towards doing that for my whole life. Mm. That was something that I'd been, you know, a real target to strive towards. Then when you're there, the disappointment building up to it for me personally, and then to be involved through lots of different... I mean, I had three players go down to be involved. Rio got injured in the first day. Ledley got injured after the first half of the first game. <laughs> three seasons Jack- before. And, 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 the, and then Jamie Carragher... Um, Got Spouse. suspended, Spouse so so me. kind of the, the the chain of events to lead to me actually playing were was a lot for a for a World Cup. Um, so to kind of just assess it all and yeah, it, it took a bit of time. I, I I felt really disappointed, and it wasn't um, um, not the feeling that I would have what was was anticipating, mm. but still obviously a sense of personal achievement because I achieved a lifetime goal to be involved and play for England in a World Cup, which for me was. Was was an amazing privilege and an amazing uh, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. We we um we sat in this bar and I was cheerful at the end and um this Belgium this Belgium TV crew gave us brought us a six pack to take in the car carry on driving to Cape Town and uh, I asked the the two boys with me the sound man and the floor manager if they wanted any and no they didn't so I I polished off this six pack we we got to the I was in a state of shock really at the scoreline and and the way that. Capello hadn't changed it and uh, we got to Cape Town there was a big BBC function on there and I've waddled in and I got collared they say you've got to go up to this function and uh, I, I, look, I could have been in I, I had no idea whether it was in Cape Town or Buenos Aires to be fair <laughs> and, he, and I, go, I go up to this function and um, 
the head of uh, the head of TV sport, Philip Burney, came towards me, and Alan Hansen had bought me a bottle of Budweiser, and uh, he said, "How are you, Philip Burney? He hadn't seen me since the opening weekend of the of the competition. How are you?" And I proceeded to gabble my way through a reply and pour this bottle of Budweiser down my front, at which point Hansen got on one arm, Shearer got on the other arm, <laughs> and put me to bed. Uh, not bad, not bad to be put to go to bed by Shearer and Hansen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 I've gone on, you know, we, I did, I did, um, I, I recovered from that state of affairs. Spain beat Portugal 1-0, did that game in Cape Town, Villa got, got the goal and then we flew off to the later stages of the, of the, of the competition and um, did that astonishing game, Uruguay-Ghana. Was there a real um, disappointment about England then? JP, from you know, I mean, oh, you, were, you, you, you would have been more around it than me and, and Terry. Like, you know, mm, what, what yeah. was your experience? Of, of that? Well, as a fan, as yeah. a fan outside, it was always. It seemed to be everyone was moaning about that the Gerard Lampard thing didn't work. That was what everyone kept saying. Okay. That was the that was the cliched conversation. Is what that was always about. And, that was and the there was a lot topic. about the Vuvuzelas, wasn't there, Tom? Uh, those in things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you know the thing about it, Matt, is when you were probably there, you, you're in the moment and probably didn't notice it. It's like Jonathan said, it wasn't so bad when you were there. You're sitting at home watching mm. a game and part of the game is the roar of the cheer and then the quiet and the lifts and the, it's theatre, isn't it? Yeah. All you've just got is meh. I mean, literally. Yeah. So somebody on a car horn just sat there. So constantly yeah. for 90 minutes. And in the yeah. end, I just went, I can't stand this. Yeah. It ruined the whole thing for me. Wow. Yeah, but to be fair, you say you don't notice it. As a player, you did. It was, you know, especially when you went out for the warm-up and you'd normally hear a bit of chatter and a bit yeah. of crowd, but you, you, it was drowned out by I, it's, it's, it's eerie. By do, you know what, do you know what I always say? The one team as a fan going to watch, I always, being a South End fan, when Millwall would come, you know, and they start what I call that Zulu thing they do, you know, when Millwall suddenly start doing that, ooh, all together, I yeah. find that really intimidating, you know. So that constant horn thing is really unnerving for me. Yeah. I've just been yeah. going, I can't stand this. You know, there were good, there were decent games after that. The, the, the Uruguay-Ghana game, Uruguay won it 4-2 on penalties, you remember that? Um, yeah. He shouldn't have been on the pitch, shouldn't he? Uh, um, uh, Suarez... Um, Why shouldn't he been on the pitch? Sorry, remind me. He, he, he handled the ball to to, to stop oh, yep. Ghana getting a goal. And did, is, did he bite uh, someone in this as well? No, for, not in this. For, I'll tell you what, Fallam was brilliant that way. He's player of the tournament. Oh, he was cracking, was, wasn't yeah. he? And uh, great, he scored great. in that game. And, and was that the volley? Think, was that the volley he scored? He scored an unbelievable yeah, volley like, into the right. ground, like yeah. you know, outside the box almost, wasn't it? And but because England had gone when they when they'd gone. To a certain extent, I, I'm, I'm over there, you know, honoured to be there, but a little bit going through the motions. Semi-final, Holland beat Uruguay 3-1. It's a really good performance by Holland. Schneider again getting a goal there. And I remember Maxi Pereira's goal um, late on for Uruguay. Spain beat Germany 1-0. And as I say, going through, I can't remember what semi-final is. I remember I did the third, fourth. Um, Germany beat Uruguay 3-2, fall at the bar very, very late on in that game. And then we get to the final. Did you watch the final, Matt? Yeah, I did. I did. What a oh, horrible effect. I, I, I had my kids with yeah. me. I paid yeah. for my kids to go. We mm. saw Mandela there. We saw What's the Name Do Waka Waka there. Oh, wow. Um, it was fantastic to be there, sat with the Dutch supporters. What a horrible final. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? And I remember, I, I, I like I said, I'd, I'd gone away and I sat in the, in the hotel... Um, kind of bar area um and it was on 
and, and I sat, you know, when you sit and watch it in a place like that, it's hard to sit and watch it, watch it, isn't it? It's kind of there and you, you know, the, there's people about your chatting. Yeah, you chat, it, exactly. Yeah. It's there. Um, but I remember it not really kind of, it didn't ignite, did it? It mm. was, it was a very uh, closed affair. I remember it, it was, that was the uh, high kick, wasn't it? Was that the high kick, the, yeah. the final with, was it De Jong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The young. Uh, he, he, he could have been sent off. Heitinger was sent off. There were eleven yellows and one red. But it should have been sent off, kill. shouldn't he? It yeah. was a really messy, uh, messy game, um, and uh, extra time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was extra time. Yeah. So not not a great game to be at then, John. No. In terms of no, the... no, but it was a World Cup final. I, you know, to yeah. be able to, to be able to buy tickets for my kids and sit there amongst the Dutch fans, they all wore you know the scream. You know the picture of the screen. Yeah. Yes. All those big marks, the Dutch fans sitting behind us. My daughter was my daughter was seven, something like yeah. that. She she's terrified by these screen marks. They they recognised it and from then on they're buying her sweets and hot dogs. <laughs> she was more interested in chatting to the Dutch supporters than, than watching the final. But it was horrible. I felt so sorry for Howard Webb, you know. Yeah. Free having to deal with that. It was, it was yeah. awful. And yeah. and it was a squabbly end to a squabbly World Cup, I think. There were yeah. so many political things. I mean, players didn't perform. Rooney didn't perform. Ronaldo didn't perform. Messi didn't perform. Henri, no. as we've mentioned, it was a weird one, Matt. But it was your World Cup. It was your yeah. World Cup. Yes. You were England's joint top scorer at that World Cup. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I know people have said that to me a couple of times after, and it, I didn't. You don't even think about it at the time. Mm. But then when you start to look at the games, it was like, yeah. I, it's unbelievable. We had one of the best players in 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 Wayne Rooney. We were performing really well, and it it that the build up to it, I think, and and the the, the camp before, because uh, we, we didn't he, he didn't name the squad. He named a massive squad. We all went away. It was like boot camp, mm. you know, to who's going to get on the plane. You couldn't train properly because you had too many players. You had thirty something players. You couldn't do. You had to separate into groups. Some were with Stuart Pearce over there, somewhere in the gym, somewhere on that pitch. It was, yeah, it was kind of disjointed from the off, you know, and it wasn't about bringing a group together that you know, uh, these are these are the guys that are going to be taking, boom, these are the group. We'd have people on standby. For me, that's a, a far better option. And you just focus on one thing then, which was winning. Um, and I don't think, I, I think that it, it just felt, it had a certain feel to it. And it played out in, in, in how we performed uh, as, as a team um, and individually, I think. It, it, it was a real mixed bag, wasn't it? But you scored in the World Cup final. Yeah, you yeah, scored against you Germany. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, would, it, would uh, it would have been great to score in a game where you win, you know, and, and, and the, 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 you finish the game and it's the, the elation of, of winning. But for, like I said, for it was a mixture for me. The personal achievement sense of it was huge because I dreamt of, of what that was and worked towards it my whole career. Yeah, that's um, but yeah, no, real privilege. That's to, lovely. To yeah, lovely to have achieved that, mate. Really well, it's, it's, I think the large squads, there's still, there's still 55 players been named in certain squads building into this World Cup, which is yeah. such a short time away. But at least they won't have time to do anything else, will they? They'll have to name that short squad and bump you there and you're, the game's upon you, which in some ways, JP, might, might, be, might benefit, if I'm honest. Well, I look forward to seeing you over there. Um, yep. And we will might, might even work together, I don't know. Um, but um, 
we, 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 what we do with this series, Matt, we, we always say like Ray Houghton scored for the Dutch against it, uh, the Irish against Italy. So it was his World Cup. Matty Holland, it was his World Cup because yeah. you were England's joint scorer. 2010, <laughs> Matt Upson's World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a privilege. Thank you for having me on as well. Oh, mate, uh, thanks it, for it, coming been, on, Matt. It's, it's been lovely. Real, it's and I've, got, I've still got my Vuvuzelas because you know me, I'm not shy in blowing my own trumpet. Well, hey, hey. Have you, got, have you got it there? Have you got it there? No, it's there. It's uh, in kids' bedroom. See, somebody should have brought one with them. And we, well, you know, you, you well, could have well, finished well. this off with a nice bit of Vuvuzela uh, yeah. action. I'm sure you'd have enjoyed that, Terry. No, I would have loved it, Matt. I would have yeah. absolutely loved Sounds it. Like it. I would have put a beat behind it. I would have got logic on. <laughs> I would have recorded it and made a whole new flipping World Cup song. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, it's been a pleasure having you on, Matt. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Thank you. Bless Thank you. you very much. Uh, thanks very much again to Matt and to you, JP. You can obviously get this podcast anywhere you can get a podcast, smart speakers, phones, that kind of thing. And don't forget, we are on Twitter at JPNT Football, um, and you can DM us right now. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. Podcast Network.